your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. All right, welcome back inside the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow Cammie at CammieNG. Or follow our show, Locked On Horns, on Twitter. Best way to reach us. Uh, and now you can find us on Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash Locked On Longhorns. Just want to remind you, this episode of the Locked On Longhorns podcast is brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. Affordable, convenient. Go check them out. rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On Longhorns sent you. Okay, here we are, roughly, depending on when you're listening to this, 48 hours away from kickoff. We Finally! We, we're, we're closing in. We're closing in. Um, you know, on this Thursday, we're going to talk a little bit about Jake Smith, uh, injury that happened last night. Uh, Tom Herman was on the horn this morning. He provided an update. We'll get into that, talk about the impact of the team. Uh, my interview with ESPN El Paso's Adrian brought us on what to expect from the upcoming game. Uh, and then we'll try to get you ready for some college football, some NFL football kicking off tonight, the opening of the season. A couple of former Longhorns will be in action. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement right now towards football in general, Cammy. So let's start off with the with the not so great news. Uh, it was reported last night, uh, Chip Brown of 24-7 Horns 24-7 was the first to report that Jake Smith suffered a hamstring injury and would likely be out for the game against UTEP. Uh, and then obviously might keep him out of Texas Tech. Uh, and we'll get into what Tom Herman had to say this morning. But what was your initial thoughts when, when you got the report? Uh, I was disappointed just because I think uh, regardless of it being Jake Smith and his impressive camp and obviously expecting to be uh, probably the top receiver for Sam Ellinger this season. But I think it's important to get 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 those live game reps. I mean, uh, these players haven't played an actual game of football in so long. I mean, um, obviously, with the COVID stuff going on, they've just been playing against each other. And so I think it's very important to get out there. But um, I'm glad it's not uh, too serious. I know hamstring injuries can kind of linger on for a while throughout the season. So I, I do think it's smart for them to rest, um, at least for the UTEP game. Hopefully he won't be out for the Texas Tech game when they begin conference play. But I do think it opens the door for Jordan, Whitt- Jordan Whittington right behind him. Yeah, and, and it was interesting because uh, Mike Yersich yesterday, he was, he was speaking with the media, you know, and he said that, you know, they're going to go with wide receiver by committee. So even though you look at the depth chart and, and you see – Brandon Eagles at number two at the X uh, behind Tariq Black. You saw Jake Smith at the H behind him. You had Jordan Whittington, Joshua Moore on the uh, other side at the Z, uh, along with Alvante Woodard. Um, you know, you see those guys, but, you know, he's like, we're going to wide receiver by committee. We're going to get the best players out there. Uh, obviously, Jake's not going to be there now. So, so you talked about Jordan Whittington, uh, you know, a, a guy that, had his own injury concerns. He had the sports hernia mm-hmm. a year ago and the, and the lingering effects of that kept him out all season. Uh, you know, a lot is expected of that position in general. Yeah. Um, I, I was just thinking that kind of worries me because if that hamstring injury lingers on and we know Jordan Whittington's uh, history with injuries since he's been at Texas. And I, I think there's even an injury behind Whittington. So uh, yeah, that, that actually worries me a bit in the slot position. Yeah, and Dejon Harrison was a guy, a freshman coming in, three-star guy, who was expected to, you know, kind of be depth uh, at that position itself. And, you know, he opted out of the year. Uh, so now you're even even more thin at the slot receiver. 
you know, so uh, they need to be relatively healthy. But, you know, it's probably a good thing that during camp they had some nicks, um, some bruises and and things of that nature where, where they were limited in their wide receivers. So even in their se- second scrimmage, they're running more two tight end sets, you know, Cade Brewer, uh, Jared Wiley, uh, Malcolm Epps, who has experience at wide receiver. Uh, and then obviously you can bring up uh, Braden Lybrook, you know, so, so mm-hmm. they got guys that can come in and do some things and maybe we'll get to see some of these guys on Saturday night against UTEP, a game that's not expected to be close. And again, we'll, I'll get into my conversation, my prediction with Adrian Broadus here in a little bit. Uh, but Tom Herman was on the horn this morning. Uh, he, he did confirm that it was a grade one hamstring injury uh, for Jordan, or I'm sorry, for, for Jake. Uh, so it doesn't appear that it's going to be a lingering issue, and, and he is expected back for Texas Tech September 26th in Lubbock. Uh, but when when we're looking at this game upcoming, Jake Smith officially ruled out of the game uh yeah like i mentioned it's disappointing because uh, we've heard from several um i guess insiders that jake smith had one of the best camps of anyone on the roster so uh he was looking really good expected to take over obviously the production that was left behind from devin duvernay so um, i'm still expecting a huge year for him i just uh pray he can get this hamstring under control quickly yeah you, you never you never can be too sure with the hamstring you know it can always be a lingering thing uh, I mean, the good thing is that it's only grade one uh, and not any worse than that and, and cost him. I mean, I think the big the big concern is being cautious with him with him because, you know, you're going to need him against Oklahoma. Right. Uh, so, you know, and, and it's not to downplay anybody that they're going to play in the coming weeks. But we're talking about Utah. We're talking about Texas Tech and we're talking about TCU teams that are not really expected to do much this season. As mm-hmm. far as challenging the top three in the conference, uh, I mean, you could say TCU is a top four, top five team, but um, I think we all agree it's it's coming down to Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, and maybe Iowa State, you know, if, if they can be a little more consistent. Yeah, um, but it's so hard in the Big 12 with when you begin conference games, just because everyone wants to kind of be that uh, upset factor, I guess, or spoiler. And um, I don't know, it's it's hard to judge, especially teams like Texas Tech and TCU. They have a couple of weapons, but uh, they're typically underrated or they're going to be underrated this year. So um, it worries me. I think we should have the best players in the field, uh, definitely for conference play, if possible. But uh, like you mentioned, you can't you can't really rush back a hamstring injury. So um, I understand if they keep him out for a game or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I'm not as worried. And, and given the the number of receivers that they have, you know, and the shuffling around, you know, maybe maybe they take Tariq Black and they stick him over at the Z. Uh, they move Joshua Moore inside. You know, they they play Brennan outside or, or any combination of that. You know, I think it with what they're going to do and what Mike Yersich wants to do, there's going to be ample opportunities for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you're talking about playing uh, by committee. Uh, and so, you know, that's exciting. Uh, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball real quick before we get into my conversation with uh, Adrian Broderick. So they were making a big deal about this rugby-style tackling, uh, and, you know, and, that, and that's something that Chris Ash brings over. Uh, he talked a little bit about it yesterday uh, with the media, you know, and he was just talking about how it's safer. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to – to eliminate the head blows. But, you know, I talked with Phil Harrison who covers the Buckeyes for Buckeyes wire at USA today. And, you know, he said that that his tackling style and his, his technique actually made 
the Buckeyes defense back on their national championship run, a better tackling football team. And I think that's important, uh, especially given the amount of athletes in the Big 12 and, and, and tackling in the open space. That's going to be vital to their success. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's that's interesting. I never kind of viewed it, um, I guess, as a rugby style, but it makes sense. Yeah, if you, if you ever have seen a uh, a rugby match, a rugby game, uh, it's it's intense. Uh, but but you notice they're not wearing any protective gear. There's no yeah, there's exactly. no helmets. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no shoulder pads. There's no padding whatsoever. Uh, but the way that they tackle is more of a shoulder. They use their shoulder for everything. They they don't lead with their head. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, it looks intense. But you know. Um, he, you know, like Chris Ash was saying, and he goes, it's effective, it's safe. And he goes, and I don't understand why we haven't been teaching this more. Um, you know, because obviously player safety is a huge thing. And especially right now, uh, because you have COVID-19, you have the coronavirus. So you're trying to keep them safe off the field. And then you, you're trying to improve their tackling to keep them safe on the field, uh, to limit injuries and, and things of that nature. So, you know, I just thought that was an interesting point of, something that he was talking about yesterday when he met with the media. Yeah. And it's funny because I know you mentioned this yesterday, Chris Ash is um, not giving away much, uh, I guess, insight. Yeah. At all this upcoming season, but I actually like that. It kind of reminds me of uh, Mike McCarthy in Dallas, obviously Pat and I are Cowboys fans. So um, he's kind of having the same view up there in Dallas, which is a lot different from Jason Garrett the past few years. You know, it's, Interesting. You know, I, so I was listening to uh, Chris Ash talk and, you know, and, and they were getting some questions and they're like, you know, who's uh, having the best, you know, camp, who's your best tacklers, who's your most physical. He wouldn't give away anything. He goes, I won't know until they play. And I'm like, well, you kind of know, I mean, you see them in practice every day. I thought it was interesting that somebody actually asked him about Sam Ellinger and mm-hmm. uh, you know, he just talked about, he goes, that got competitive fire. He goes, we love going and get him in practice because he makes us better. You know, so oh. I, and I think that's the best compliment you can give a quarterback. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't coach him, but he sees him every day. And he's like, mm-hmm. he goes, I like going against him because he makes my team better. He makes my defense better. He goes, he makes us think, you know, and that's going to come in handy when they start Big 12 play and some of these teams like Oklahoma State and you got a Spencer Sanders. And, and we're not real sure what we're getting out of Spencer Rattler yet, but we expect he's going to be really, really good. Obviously, top right. quarterback uh, when he came out. All right, but coming up next, I'm going to get into my conversation with Adrian Broaddus. We're going to find out what he thinks that the UTEP team needs to improve upon in their second game of the season and, and if he thinks that they actually have a shot, uh, not at winning the game, but covering the spread. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Let me tell you, right now I'm having, you know, issues with my truck. I got an oil pump I got to fix. I got to get some installation tools. I can went to rockauto.com. I mean, convenient, affordable. I just went in, I typed in my make, my model, and everything that they had for my truck popped up. Low prices. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go inside anywhere. I don't want to explain anything. Everything I need is right there. And with today's society and YouTube and everything's on there, you figure out how to do it. You go to rockauto.com and order the parts, save some money. It's quick, it's easy, it's affordable. You got to do it. Go to rockauto.com. Let them know that your friends over here at Locked On Longhorn sent you. All right, Adrian. So obviously, the big thing is 
UTEP has played a game, Texas has not yet. Uh, what did you see in the game against Stephen F. Austin? Kind of some things that, that UTEP needs to clean up before taking on a top 15 team in Texas in Austin. Right. I, I think there's actually a lot of things that the miners really need to clean up, especially when you look at things like uh, the way that they started off. I, I just thought that they started off very slow when it came when it came to the offense. It felt like the life was sucked out of them in the first half. And it was a little bit of those. Oh, it can't be this again moments uh, where the miners found themselves in a 14 to three rut. And um, they were able to granted, they were able to dig themselves out of it, but I would like to see them start off better, especially against a very good Texas team this week. And when you look at some of the things that they need to kind of clean up on the field, I would say that defensively, they, they just did not look like the, the team that Dana Dimmel preached about over the off season. He was talking about a defense that was a new look that was supposed to be fresh with a, with a ton of new Jewcomer, uh, juco newcomers on this roster so you want this group to moving forward to kind of gel a little bit better defensively and then offensively uh, I, I think you you really want to cling on to everything you saw in the second half between Gavin Hardison and Deion Hankins on this team yeah I, I think when when you look at how they played uh, especially covering players in space and then and then you think about a, a guy like a Keontae Ingram a guy like B. John Robinson, who you're very familiar with, uh, Jordan Whittington, uh, Jake Smith, you know, are, are they going to have a lot of trouble trying to cover those guys in space? Oh, definitely. I mean, when, when you're looking at the minors right now, another thing uh, to note, Patrick, is the fact that they, they just really haven't shown that they can get after the quarterback. So Sam Ellinger will have all, you know, all the time in the world in the, in the backfield trying to, you know, make some plays happen through the air. He'll have the time because against Stephen F. Austin, they, granted, they did get one sack, but it was late in the game against the Lumberjacks. They, they really didn't pressure the quarterback like they had, had uh, hoped to do this game. So I, I think it's going to be up to that. If the defense line is able to kind of create some havoc um, you know in this game against Texas maybe they'll have a chance at covering some of these uh, some of these guys but I just think that these players will have a lot more time uh, to make plays happen um, you know as far as as far as the the Texas offense goes. And looking at obviously Gavin Hardison's starting quarterback uh, based on what you saw in in really his first start uh, what did you think about his performance and, and uh, what do you think he's going to have to do in this upcoming game? Well, he's going to have to be health, stay healthy. That's the bottom line. The Miners don't have a backup quarterback right now. TJ Goodwin was their backup quarterback coming from uh, the Houston area, widely regarded as a, a pretty good mid-major prospect for the Miners, uh, you know, in the group of five ranks. Um, but Gavin Hardison is going to need to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing right now. And turnovers could happen against Texas. He likes to throw the ball. He likes to throw the ball on the run. So maybe those decisions just make him a little bit more conservative in this game against Texas. Uh, I liked what I saw from Gavin Hardison in his first game, especially because it was just his debut as a starting quarterback. I mean, you're talking about a guy who came from New Mexico Military Institute, um, at, you know, at the at even lower than the Division II ranks at that in that regard. Um, and Gavin Hardison, for somebody who just who hasn't started the game for the minors, I thought he played pretty well. I, you know, he threw some nice balls. He had a really good connection with Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett. 
it. Now I really expect the the Texas defense to shut down Jacob Cowing and make uh, Gavin Hardison uh, use guys like Justin Garrett, Devon Cooper, Walter Don Jr. instead in the passing game this week. And, and what do you think about how well do you think the offensive lineup run is going to be able to hold up against a, a new pass rush, a more aggressive defense than maybe people have seen from Texas in the past with Chris Ash coming over um, and installing that new scheme and, and making Joseph Asai more of a, a premier pass rusher on the outside? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I go back to something that Dana Demmel said earlier this week in, in a press conference. You know, it's just such uncertainty when you're planning for Texas this week because there's not much to scout on. Granted, the Texas hasn't played a game this year with this new look defense. So there's not a lot you can you can do as far as preparation for the minors. So I think they'll be a little caught off guard. You might see a lot of uh, very, very conservative vanilla playing, play calling in the opening half. The Miners might uh, be punting the ball frequently in the first half, whereas maybe they make some adjustments in the second half and, and come back a little bit better. Uh, the offensive front, you really have to hope that there's there's really no uh, pre-snap penalties as we saw ton last year. The Miners were a very, very uh, undisciplined team. And this this week against a very good Texas team, they might have those uh, jitters going into Austin uh, up on the offensive front. So I, I think those are kind of the two things to look out for uh, for the offensive front. Uh, looking at this matchup, uh, we expect to see a lot of the underclassmen, a lot of the second, third team guys uh, getting a good amount of snaps, you know, in their first live action of the season. How quickly do you think this game gets out of hand for UTEP? <laughs> uh, well, if if last week showed anything, I think that fourteen to three start is is really probable for the Longhorns uh, to do against the Miners. And then, um, contrary to what happened last week, I don't see the Longhorns relinquishing that lead. And actually, I see them building upon it. So I, I think you could see anywhere from the first or second quarter. I think UTEP is really there to pick uh, to take a paycheck. And uh, using this as a great recruiting tool, saying to their recruits, hey, you know, we're UTEP. We're in the Conference USA. We don't play a lot of quality opponents in the conference. But look at what we've done uh, pre in previous years in non-conference. We've scheduled a Texas Tech. We've scheduled an Oklahoma. We go to Austin and play at Daryl K. Royal St uh, Memorial Stadium. And those are things that they can go back at recruits and say, hey, why don't you come over here? You'll have the opportunity to play in these bigger games. The only problem is the Miners haven't been competitive in any of these big games in a very, very long time. Well, well, I mean, the, the positive thing you have to look at is USA Today's uh, top 76. Uh, UTEP, with their win, actually moved up one spot. So uh, they're no longer number 76. They're number 75. So, you know, it's baby steps. It's baby steps. All right, so let's get a uh, game prediction from you. Uh, what? How do you see this game ending, in, and what's the score? Oh, man. I, I think Texas will – uh, I, I definitely think they'll cover that opening line, which was, I, I believe, what, what was it, around 40? Uh, yeah, 42 and a half, according to BetMGM. Yeah, let's do that. Let's say I'll, – I'll stick with that number right there. Let's go um, Let's go somewhere in the range of 
you know, maybe 50, 50 to six. I, I think the Miners can maybe get a couple field goals, maybe move the ball a little bit in some drives. Maybe you see uh, the relief, uh, the, the relieving quarterback in Calvin Brown holds have a little bit more success offensively against the Longhorns twos. But, oh man, if, if, it's, a, if it's a rocky start and Calvin Brown holds or whoever comes in to back up Gavin Hardison isn't able to find any success, it could be a long, long night for the Miners. I got you. All right, brother. I appreciate you. So, Cam, we're talking. Uh, we're talking with Adrian Broadus, and, and were you surprised at all that he's he's thinking Texas is winning fifty to six? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit steep for me. I know uh, the spread's around forty-two, if I remember correctly. So, um, uh, a lot of depth. Hopefully, I should say hopefully. A lot of depth and uh, young players are going to be out there playing for the Longhorns on Saturday night, but um, that's still a little bit steep for me. I mean, I know they kind of beat the crap out of Rice um, last year, I think, beginning last year or the year prior, but uh, yeah, that's a little steep for me. I think I'm actually going to pick against the spread. You're going to pick against the spread. Wow. Um, And we'll get into our picks tomorrow. I just thought it was interesting. uh, You know, a couple of things that I picked up when I was talking, uh, Sobratus is, you know, he he mentioned that they their quarterback needs to stay healthy because they don't have a backup. Yeah, what's going on with that? Uh, so uh, TJ Goodwin uh, was a kid out of Houston. Uh, he's kind of a really good mid-major quarterback, you know, the group of five uh, conferences. He's a good quarterback. Uh, he opted out. They have players on the team uh, behind their starting quarterback, Gavin Hardison. The, the problem is that None of them have any playing experience. I mean, even Hardison only has one game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so so they're really young at, at, at the quarterback position. They got some guys, um, you know, but he had mentioned he thinks, and I think I agree with him, you know, he has a, a Cowling. Jacob Cowling is their best receiver, but I, th- I think Deshaun Jameson is going to take him out of the game, um, you know, and force a young quarterback to go away from his security blanket. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting and in where he's going, but, uh, and, and we're going to really dive into UTEP tomorrow, uh, obviously break down uh, the matchups, the tail of the tape, who's better, which quarterback's better, which running back, which wide receiver. We're going to get into all that. Uh, but, Cam, are you excited about tonight, Thursday night? We got we got a doubleheader, all right? We're going to talk Miami against uh-huh. uh, Alabama-Birmingham for the uh, over on the ACC Network for your first college football game of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, I mean, I know there was a game on Monday, but it's a new college football week. I know it's uh, weird because I keep I keep viewing it as the first week of college football too, because I guess it's just like um, bigger programs or uh, power I five. guess for yeah first game. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's first week. I'm like, crap. Some some teams have already played two games or about to play two games. So yeah, yeah it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because you had week zero and then week one, and then I guess technically this is week two of the college football season. Um, so we have some big games this weekend. Um, obviously tonight, I mean, Miami game, that's always mm-hmm. big. Former Texas defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz in his second year as the head coach, uh, didn't go his way last year, but he's got a really good quarterback in Derek King, uh, yeah, who transferred from Houston. Uh, huh. some people think he could be a Heisman contender this year. I, I, you know what? I think, uh, when you, when you look around you're talking about the experienced quarterbacks, uh, there's still good ones. You know, you got a Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. You have mm-hmm. a Sam Ellinger uh, at Texas. You have a Derek King at, at Miami. 
Um, you know, Sam Howell is a pretty dang good quarterback over at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Book at Notre Dame. So, I mean, there's some guys to watch. And, and, and you know, I know we talk about Heisman. We really need to change that to the Heisman quarterback trophy because nobody else gets a shot, really. Uh, if anybody should deserve a shot, I think it's that running back at Ohio – or, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State. I was State. just going to uh, say that, yeah. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but we got some uh, Texas Longhorn ties, some Big 12 ties tonight. You got Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs, defending champs, open up their season. Uh, we got Charles Aminahue starting a uh, defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting. And we have, yeah, he's starting. Yeah, yeah. Alex Okafor, who got his ring last year for Kansas City, he's actually listed as the second uh, defensive lineman, outside linebacker. So he he's not starting, but he's he's going to be in the rotation. He's going to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you got one of the best young quarterbacks in the game right now, former Texas Tech passer, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson, who's another. These two guys just signed big-time contracts. So, I mean, two high-money quarterbacks going at it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of a better way to kick off the NFL season. Me either. That's what I'm looking forward to most, actually, this entire week. Um, I think it's a a good matchup. I think it's a very um, – I don't know. I Honestly, if you had asked me right now who's going to win that game, I'd probably lean the Chiefs uh, just because of Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and the, there are a couple of meetings last last year. But – I don't know. It's a very realistic matchup. I think Texans actually have a chance at this one. And um, what better way than to beat them early, I guess, early on in the season. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely into fantasy football this year. I know you have a lineup as well. So uh, do you have any players playing tonight? Uh, I do. I uh, My running back, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is uh, Ooh, going yeah. tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unfortunate part of this, though, Cami, is I'm facing Patrick Mahomes. So I'm hoping that he gets some touchdowns early, they get a big lead, and then they just start handing the ball off. Oh, yeah. I I have him in one of my leagues as well, uh, Hilaire, and I drafted him in the first round, so I definitely need him to pull through. But he's a rookie, so I guess people are – yeah, I guess people are going to be tuning in to see kind of how they use him. I'm sure kind of like a pass pass catching back and things like that. I don't know. It depends on how often they run him through the ground. I'm a little worried, I guess, because I drafted him so early, but – yeah, it was a good pick. Yeah, I, I, I definitely did that. Uh, the I only had one former uh, Texas Longhorn that I drafted into my fantasy team. Uh, yeah. I went with I went with the kicker. I went with Justin Tucker. Oh, you can never go wrong with Tucker. I, yeah. I, I had to go with Tuck. I was like, they started talking about taking kickers and whatnot, and I saw somebody take Greg <laughs> Greg DeLeg Zerline. I said, let me. I was like, you're taking him over Tucker? Okay, fine. I'll take the most accurate kicker yeah. in NFL history. That's okay. Yeah, you can never go go wrong with that. You go with Zerline. I'll go with this guy. Uh, So, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to tonight. Um, Obviously, this weekend, we got a full slate of college football, a full slate of NFL football. It's a big weekend for football. If if you're a football nut like us, there's a lot to be excited about. But, Kami, have you checked out the the newest Locked On College Football podcast? I haven't yet, but I've been hearing quite a bit about it, so I need Uh, to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and tomorrow, me and uh, Ben Stevens, Locked On Big Ten podcast, we're going to be hosting. We're going to get you ready for your weekend. We got some, you got to listen in because I'm going to give you your lock of the week. Oh. I'm going to give you the, the game to pick. I'm going to give you the line. I'm going to give you the lock of the week. You got to, you definitely have to check out the Locked On College Football podcast. But I thought it was interesting. This morning, 
on the Locked On College Football Podcast. You had Matt Moscona from Locked On LSU talking about Tom Herman. Uh, and, you know, and he brought up the fact that Tom Herman was really close to being the head coach at LSU. Yep, I heard a lot of rumblings about that. Uh, he said it fell apart at the last hour, but here's the interesting part, and I just want to bring this up before we we wrap up the show today. You know, he mentioned that he is actually picking Texas to not only beat Oklahoma, he's picking them to beat them twice. He's saying Big 12 champions, Texas. Are you buying it? Are you buying it? Are you cautious? cautious? I'm cautiously buying it. So I think realistically, Texas has a talent to do that. And I think there's a lot of missing pieces for Oklahoma and a lot of new pieces and inexperienced quarterback. So um, I think it's very realistic for that. I'm cautious in the sense that uh, Texas typically isn't consistent. So beating them twice or even having to play them twice worries me. So, um, yeah, uh, I like I like his view, though. I like his optimism. Uh, so the kind of the premise of what he was saying was, you know, this is Tom Herman's fourth year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a senior quarterback. He has a uh, uh, an experienced football team, and they've beaten Oklahoma. He goes, you know, it's not like you're looking at this team going, they've never beaten Oklahoma. I'm going to pick them to beat them this year. He goes, I mm-hmm. have seen them beat them, you know, with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, you know, against a, a young quarterback. You know, when, when – when, uh, Ellinger beat him at the Cotton Bowl. They had Kyler Murray, which was his first year there. Now you got another young guy, Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. And as I like to bring up, three out of the last five Oklahoma quarterbacks to make their first appearance in the Red River shootout have actually lost that game. So everything bodes well. It's looking good. Uh, we'll see. We'll definitely see. We're going to get to find out all about Texas Saturday night, DKR, uh, and we're going to get you set up tomorrow. But also, a special treat for you all tomorrow on the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am going to be entering, or I'm going to be interviewing, former All-American running back, five-time All-American at the University of Texas, Eric Metcalf. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk a little bit about football, maybe some of his memories. Uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. For Cammie, Patrick, and as always, keep it locked on. Hook 'em.